SAFM 104-107 Nationwide Leading the conversation Hashtag SAFM Headspace this story is taken from the News 24. It reads, Concerned citizens who benefited from apartheid have taken a stand against recent apartheid-related statements, which they have described as insensitive. In a statement supported by various heavyweights, professors, business people, former politicians and journalists, the concerned citizens added their voice to the recent well, furor. The group include Emeritus Professor Willie Esteres, member of the advisory committee of the Tabombeki Foundation, David Jacobs, or Jacobs, perhaps, a former diplomat and ambassador, Baron Lacron, COO of South Africa Day, Kobe's Biesta, presenter and journalist, and Dr. Andre Bartlett. A minister of the Dutch Reformed Church formed Deputy President F.W.D. Claire Cox uh, caused a, a national outcry last week over his earlier comments that apartheid was not a crime against humanity. Now, I want you to be aware, aware that we're not talking about necessarily that now. We're talking about the response and reaction to that. Like I did say, we do have joining us right now Emeritus Professor Billy Estres, am I reading that correctly, Prof? No. I hear you. Hello? Yes, can, can you hear me, Professor? Yeah, let me tell you, uh, uh, we decided that it is time for us, as white South Africans, uh, to make amends as far as the past is concerned. Those amends also means that we need to apologize. And you know, an an apology means absolutely nothing if if there is no restitution. And my own conviction is that we need restitution in this country on three levels. One, on the political level. We need complete, but complete access and also um, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, to to a democratic society, but also to all political uh, uh, sort of activities. That is, we need inclusive political uh, activities. There is third element that we need to look at, and that is the restitution from a material side. District 6, for instance, needs material restitution. You have to pay for the sins of the past, and you must rectify the sins of the past. And then there is a third uh, element about the restitution. It's called moral restitution. And that is forgiveness and also an attitude where you accept, but completely accept everyone 
as a citizen of this country so that we can become part of, as Mandela has called it, a non-racial society. And that is really the motivation for the reason why we made the statement. Because we haven't succeeded in building an inclusive and non-racial society. Let me begin with what you said first, Professor. You said an apology means nothing without restitution. Are you therefore saying since there has not been any kind of restitution in our country, all the apologies we have heard mean nothing. And that includes the apology we got from former president and former deputy president for F.W. de Klerk. Are you suggesting that those apologies, because there is no restitution, therefore those apologies mean absolutely nothing? Let me make it quite clear. What the clerk did was a disaster. Was a disaster, a complete disaster. He was ill-informed, and I think he made one of the biggest political and socio-economic mistakes anyone can make who was a leader in this country. So I want to make it quite clear that from my point of view, I disagree with him completely, but completely. There is no way that apartheid can be regarded as not a sin against humanity. Now, if you accept what I've now said, you need to ask the question, now how are you going to rectify it? And that's why my view on the restitution is very firm. I, I, I understand that part. We'll, we will chew on that in a short something. while, Professor. I understand. We'll, we'll give you the chance to breathe on that as well. So when, when you're saying that it was a disaster and ill-advised and all of that, yeah. are you saying that it was meaningless? It meant absolutely nothing. According to him, it was very heartfelt and felt and genuine. Are you saying that his apology meant nothing? I want to say two things. First of all, his chairman should have resigned immediately and apologized. The chairman of his institution. The foundation, the FW declared the foundation. foundation. Okay. He's chairman because the chairman is in charge, not the clerk. And he should have advised, and the clerk was ill-advised, and I can't accept it. Uh, then secondly, it means that the clerk has not really accepted that apartheid uh, caused a lot, but a lot, of not just uh, uh, unjustified actions, but was a criminal act. And if you don't accept that, then you can't really uh, participate in the reconciliation. Uh, and I, I, I'm very careful of using the word reconciliation. I use the word peacemaking, 
because we need peacemaking in this country. And really to make peace, we, we need to uh, 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 support what I call the idea of restitution. Let, let's then uh, go, go to the part of, of apartheid being a crime against humanity here in South Africa particularly. Are you therefore yeah. in support of the call that any and everyone who benefited from apartheid, including those who were leading apartheid, should be taken to the International Criminal Court? Uh, that is a different question. Because it deals with the legal facets. Since it is a criminal issue. A criminal act. My, my, my point of view is very much a moral point of view. And I say that those who benefited uh, from apartheid, from a moral point of view, needs to participate willingly in all uh, Processes, processes, plus also activities to deal with the issue of restitution. We'll 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 chat about that, Professor. We'll chat about that. That's why I'm trying to establish from you, Professor. Do you support the call for those people who benefited and perpetuated apartheid? that they should be taken to the ICC, the International Criminal Court, since apartheid was a criminal act against humanity. Yeah. Now, you see, I differ from that. Because, uh, not differ, but my view is what uh, I've mentioned to you, a moral point of view. South Africans, South Africans, must take a moral a stronger, much stronger moral point of view. And that's why I believe that the uh, 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 Truth and the Reconciliation Commission should have taken uh, the whole issue a little bit further. And say, listen, we've committed a crime. It was not just a crime in the legal sense of the word. It was also a very serious political and moral crime. How can we, as South Africans, rectify that? That's why I take the view that we need restitution. And you can uh, uh, divide restitution in three different elements. The first one is political restitution. The second one is moral restitution. The third one is material restitution. All right, let me take a break, Professor. When we come back, we'll talk about the material restitution, the economic restitution. I'd like to hear your uh, granular, granular responses to how that can be done, the material restitution. Stand by. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Welcome back and thank you very much for sticking around. You're still listening to The Headspace. We are together until midnight. Right now, we're in conversation with Professor Emeritus Professor Vili Estres talking to us about what he believes perhaps 
could have, should have, and probably should be still, instead of the apology that the country and the world heard from F.W. de Klerk, former Deputy President of the Democratic Republic of South Africa. And I'm saying Democratic because that was when he was Deputy President when we became de- Democratic. So, Professor, do tell, um, these um, financial or material restitutionary measures, where would this money come from? Professor? Hello? The material restitution you were talking about. I've lost you. Can you hear me, Professor? Um, Professor, can you hear me? Hello? Hi, can you hear me, Prof? Yeah, I hear you now. Okay. So my question is, on the material restitution you spoke of, where will the money come from, or the material resources um, that will be uh, restituted to people? Where where would that money come from? That is the critical question. Because if you take the six, which was stolen, as far as I'm concerned, and some other um, areas also, we will have you'll have to work not just with the state as such, but you'll have to work with those who benefited from it. And there must be a, a and and the word I like to use and prefer to use, there should be a partnership between the state and those who benefited to fix that problem because it's a serious one because the Group Areas Act, etc., created havoc and a lot of distress and there's no way that only the state can pay for that havoc. It should be a partnership and we need to talk it through and develop a model to really uh, 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 um, not fix that problem, but to rectify the hurt and also the um, the um, the um, uh, disasters related. Uh, to the policy of separate development. Yeah, that, there was that, no that, separate development. That that's well and good, Professor. As a white Afrikaans-speaking person, I've always said separate development actually meant separation from development. That's correct. That that's an, that's a, that's a very accurate description of that. But again, if you're saying government must work with those who benefited, are you implying that the state coffers, which are a result of the taxpayers, must pay in collaboration with those who have been who benefited? So basically, those who benefited must be helped by taxpayers' money. 
for restitution? Well, the process is something that you need to negotiate. It was never negotiated. And it was never talked through. I understand. But ultimately, when money has to be paid, Prof, why should that money also come from the taxpayers? Of course. Why? Of course. Who are the main taxpayers in this country? The poor people or the rich? Well, we do... benefited from the system? Well, right now, I'm I'm trying to establish from you um, if you are saying that taxpayers, because it is not just the rich that pay taxes. I also pay taxes and I'm not rich. No, no, no. I I understand. Yeah. So that's why I'm asking the question. The, the, The people who are listening to this show may not necessarily be rich, but they are taxpayers. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know, it's a very tricky question, I admit. But maybe, maybe we need a development fund into which money from the state plus the private sector is donated and made available to deal with the issue of material, what I call Material restitution. Yes. Where There's does that no money come from? That we can get away and really develop a peaceful country if we don't have a fund that will also materially uh, uh, um, deal with the issue of restitution. Restitution is not just a moral issue. Forgiveness and all those sort of stuff. Yeah. Material uh, restitution is also material. Yes. I, I, I understand, Prof. I understand that material means material. So perhaps okay. let, let's move on from this part. Um, is your understanding of these restitutive measures to mean this money will be given to the state or it will be given to the people. When we speak of restitution, uh, who is the money going question. to be the who's going to be the recipient? Now that is the big question. And I've pondered this question. And I say no, it has to be given to people who knowing how to deal with money. Because the state is wasting money and others are wasting money. It must be, it must go into development. And the development fund must be managed by, by people who knows what development is all about. And the people must, of course, those affected must, of course, get the say in how to do it. So, effectively, because we have already some development funds, you're saying this money must take it must be taken to another development fund, and basically we are not getting any of that money as ordinary citizens who will not qualify for that development exactly. 
it's a, it's a, there's a lot of wastage. And there's also a lot of corruption. But you can't blame the corruption on apartheid. Apartheid was also a corrupt system. So you have to be very careful. Final but question, I, Prof. I firmly believe, you know, and maybe I'm an idealist, I firmly believe that uh, the president, uh, President Ramaphosa, uh, and, 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 and these uh, closest sort of associates, associates understand what development is all about. It's not just dishing out money uh, and um, making available money to a few who get rich. It's about upliftment. I understand, Prof. I understand. etc. I, I, I understand, Prof. I, I, I don't dispute that. So this is my final question. You spoke about peacemaking and you said you're wary of using the word reconciliation as was yeah. used by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. But in yeah. all intents and purposes, the intention was to create and foster and maintain, perhaps even preserve, a peace that was uh, begun after the uh, killing of Chris Ahani yeah. and so okay. forth. So what I'm trying to establish now is how are we going to do that? Yeah, can I explain? You know, peacemaking has two sort of uh, connotations. The first one is called negative peacemaking, where you say, listen, I don't like you, I'll never like you, but I will not kill you. That is negative peacemaking. Positive peacemaking is where you say, we are going to work in cooperation with each other for uh, uh, um, for social and economic development and, sus- and particularly sustainable development, which means a partnership that is functional and not dysfunctional. And white and black and colored and blue and yellow must all join into a peacemaking partnership that will make this country a different country and a thriving country. So how are we going to establish that? How are we going to have that peacemaking? How are we going to do that, Prof? Yeah, really. Okay. Prof, can you hear me? Thank you for speaking to me. Okay. Oh, th- thank you. No. Th- thank you, Professor. Okay. All right. 25 minutes before 11. Um, I must admit that um, while we're trying to have a conversation, we must not forget that um, he's not a young man anymore. And so he gave us um, his time at night uh, so that he can give us his opinions. So we must appreciate that. Um, he, no, he's not drunk. He see people saying he's, he's drunk. No, he's not drunk. Is a senior citizen who's given us the benefit of his opinion, and it is late at night, and so perhaps um, we may have expected too much for him to stay that long. We do appreciate the professor and him coming through to talk to us. Emeritus Professor Veli Estres, member of the advisory committee of the Tabombeke Foundation, 
and him coming through to talk to us. You heard his opinions. I'd love to hear what you say, what you think. Perhaps it would have been more beneficial if we were in the studio so that the line does not add to the communication breakdown. But we, we appreciate what we got nonetheless. What would you say? What do you say about this? 0891 We'll be taking your calls on the open line as well on this matter later on. But right now, we're going to focus on Abatla Alibasem Jondol.